0: Welcome to the OA Serenity Sunday meeting podcast. Visit the Los Angeles Intergroup at OALAIG.org for information on how to join our meeting live and how to donate to support this meeting and our podcasts. The opinions expressed on the Serenity Sunday podcast are those of the individual speakers and do not represent OA as a whole. And now our speaker. It is now time for me to qualify for 20 minutes. And Kelly, I am ready, I will uh, pay attention. Um, So let's start. Hi again, my name is Wendy B.J. I am a compulsive overeater. And I wanna thank Lillian for asking me to share today. Um, Gosh, I think a few times in my OA career, I led Serenity Sunday when we were in person in the old days and whoo, the nerves then, that big room. I still get a little nervous in a larger meeting, but, but I'm really grateful. So let's uh, tell you a bit of my history. There's a lot of people here on the meeting that I've known for many years, which is definitely a comfort. And if you are new to this program, as we did say in the beginning, welcome home, you are not alone anymore. So um, I came into this program in 1994. Uh, so class that that year, wow, I'm going to attempt to share a screen. This is a photo of me in college, I believe it might have been my uh, sophomore year. Um, Obviously you can see I'm the one on the right. So what's kind of interesting about this photo is that um, I only had one successful diet when I was in high school. It was somewhere a little bit vague. I believe it was between 11th and 12th grade in which I went from 185 pounds to 135 pounds. So I left for college maybe in that range. You can see in that picture, that young woman is certainly not 135 pounds. I went back east to school. I'm a native uh, Angelino. I grew up in the San Fernando Valley. I just went up. It was just down and up. So, um, yeah, so I I landed in the program. uh, Oh, I mean, I guess a little bit about what it was like. You know, I was a chubby kid. When I look back at photos, uh, I probably started putting on the weight around maybe age four ish or thereabouts and my parents divorced when I was seven and uh, you know I do believe that I come from compulsive overeaters both of my parents are gone now but you know that's neither here nor there I could have come from a normal eating family and still have this ism I, you know it it was what I used to cope with life and uh, so, I came in shortly after that big Northridge earthquake that some of you will recall in 1994. And uh, I called my mother and I said, Hey, Ma, what's that OA thing you used to do? Because I found myself, um, I was at that time, you know, I was in my first job and uh, living in an apartment, you know, across the street from Fairfax High School. And I would plan on having, you know, like one quesadilla and then I would make like five. And she said, oh, 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 hey, I was thinking about maybe going back. Well, you know, here's the number for LA Intergroup. So I found myself in a meeting at the log cabin uh, on Robertson, that that lovely room, you know, where kitchen sink used to be. And you felt like a rat was going to come out at every corner. And, you know, I was, I was 23. Uh, I was so zoned out when I came here. I think I don't remember who spoke. I remember somebody saying the G word, the God word. And I thought that was a bit weird. But um, and someone offered me a hug which i took and i came back and it wasn't until a while later that i remembered oh my gosh you went to an oa meeting when you were a teenager your mother dropped you off at the Darby office and you thought they were a bunch of weirdos because they were talking about god and you left so um, i didn't dare get on that scale uh, there's another picture that if i'd had a bit more time i would have scanned for you um but it was taken shortly after i had come to oa i went up to visit a college friend in seattle and I actually I think her mother had a a scale in the bathroom so I hopped on and I was 223 pounds so we're talking you know two years after graduating college starting college at 135 going up to you know 223 and I'm sitting down and those who don't know me I'm I'm a five foot four person I think they said I was closer to five five at the doctor which is weird you know because I'm 51 now and it's like I thought you're supposed to shrink kind of weird but Anyhow, so I started. I started and there there are no accidents. I had a dream about her uh, very recently. And one of my first sponsees in this program is actually on this meeting, which is so exciting and so wonderful. And uh, she actually did me the favor. You'll you'll hear I had a few relapses. And during one of them, you know, when I I came clean, because I believe in being honest, She decided to go with someone else. And you know what, Uh, maybe I was butthurt for a minute, but that was the right thing for her. It was the right thing for me. You know, we need to hear the message um, from someone who is abstaining and uh, kind of more recently, um, I'll be jumping around a bit here, but my sponsor that I took on, I think it was, oh gosh, you know, this, this pandemic, it's a blur. So I can't remember if I asked her to sponsor me in 2020 or 2021, but it was a woman I reconnected with who, via Zoom who lives in Vegas, who I remember from all those years ago in the 90s, because the sponsor I had at the time was lovely, but she'd moved out of this area. She's still in Southern California, and uh, she's really practicing AA more and she's not really doing an OA program. And she was lovely. She was sort of a quasi-retired therapist, but I finally woke up and I was like, hey, if I'm working in an OA program, I need a sponsor who is doing an OA program. But anyway, so back to the story. Um, I began abstaining and my early years of abstinence, and I always say these to people, one of my favorite kitty cats is online right now, and I'm very excited. Uh, One of my... um, you know, there were a lot of no's in early abstinence, and um, I got to share this one funny little story. So I received a phone call at work one day, Wendy. and it was a woman, yeah, that's five? Yeah, so you have perfect, right, Perfect. Great timing. So this woman calls me. She says, Wendy, I heard you speak at a meeting, and you said you might want a food sponsor. I'm offering up my services. And I said, well, that's fantastic. How did you get my number? Remember, folks, this is 1994. She said, oh, your roommate gave it to me. Well, my roommate and I did not normally give out, you know, work phone numbers, but he chose to give this gal my number. She called me and I later realized that was a God shot that he did that. So, you know, I started dealing with my food with her. I had a step sponsor for me personally. um, I am accountable with my food. I do it. You know, uh, I use an app, but I think I just for, for me, this is only for me. I think the step in food sponsor could probably be one of the same. It's not wrong if people have two sponsors, but if I can't talk about food to my sponsor, I feel like I'm not being honest with my sponsor. So that's just for me. But anyhow, so I began abstaining. Um, I began acting as if because I was not one of those people. I really didn't like seeing or hearing about God, like meaning I didn't like to see if you're wearing your cross, your mezuzah, your Jewish star, your onk, whatever. I did not want to see it. And I finally was like, Your ways have not worked you went from like 135 to 223 and you didn't know it maybe maybe you can learn something from people who use the g word so i began abstaining i started taking off weight um people were noticing as they did in high school now when they noticed and i was in high school i felt kind of angry and resentful because why are you treating me nicer because i look better and i was pissed This time it was a little different until I was listed in an industry magazine, you know, in the trade. And this is my maiden name. It was like a newly slim Wendy Weisberg has been promoted. Oh, I was annoyed. And it's kind of like if it was a guy, would they have said he was newly slim? But anyhow, you know, thankfully, that didn't run me back to the food. However, I will say this. So came in at 223 got down to 154. I'm abstaining. I'm doing my 3 meetings a week. I'm working my steps, blah blah blah. Life is good. I'm sponsoring. And guess what? You know what does the big book say when we um we rest on our spiritual laurels when we don't continue forward momentum. You know, I started thinking, "Oh, well, you know, you haven't had table red in a couple of years. Maybe you can eat like a lady, blah, blah, blah. And so what really kind of woke me up, because I never stopped going to meetings. I believe that OA was my home and that I belonged here. But what woke me up was, um, oh golly, I think it was around 2000-ish. I was in a relationship. Um, he's now my husband. And I go to the doctor because I had started, you know, the therapist had referred me to a trainer. And so I wasn't feeling well. So I go and the doctor's like, Wendy, you look good. Have you been working out? Oh, yes, doc. So, you know, what do doctors do? They like to put you on that damn scale. I am up to 196 from 154. How does that happen? I'm in program. How does that happen? Because I stopped being accountable. And, um, you know, so anyhow, I've had experiences I could just glide along in programs. So after three years at that time, I had switched sponsors and I said to the sponsor, you know, blah, blah, blah. I think I want to restart. And she's like, well, do you, she was very gentle. She like, are you sure you don't want to call it a slip? I'm like, no, 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 this is not going to be a slip, whatever. So one of the things that I consider a mistake for myself, I mean, it's great to get information, right? But the information I did Oh, you know, let me put my size seven, half, eight foot in your size ten or, or four. What is your abstinence? Tell me how you do it. The beautiful and challenging thing about Overeaters Anonymous, um, we are encouraged to select our own abstinence. We don't necessarily do it on our own. We talk to our sponsors. We get some sort of courage here when we go, oh, wow, you know, I think that blah, blah, blah food is really kicking my butt maybe I can let go of it like one day at a time and it's baby steps you know it's baby steps and you know my abstinence my food plan things have changed a lot over the years you know um so I kept trying on other people's abstinence and then a friend in the program said why don't you go see a professional so I did I went to see a nutritionist and she suggested the intuitive eating book well anyhow I'm not going to give you all the details but let's just say intuitive eating was not the best for me. And she really kind of um babied me in the sense that I would get weighed every week, but I didn't have to see the number. So I would turn around and, you know, and Higher Power, who by that time I called God, intervened. And she got pregnant and stopped her private practice, referred me elsewhere. And uh, the other woman was just completely bananas. And I was able to recognize that. So, you know, I went to my sponsor. I think I had a new sponsor by that time. And I said, OK, I'm whipped. What are you doing? And by that time, I had moved to San Fernando Valley from the city. She said, we're going to five meetings a week. We're getting into the big book. We're weighing once a week. And I almost was like, oh, time for a new sponsor. Got to get out of here. Bye-bye. But by that point, I was working for myself. Um, I was self-employed and uh, there was no reason to not dive in. Cool. Okay. No reason to not dive in. So I dove back in and I started, you know, doing more food planning and, you know, letting things go more and getting more active and getting more involved and mixing up the meetings and, uh, things changed and weight started coming off. And then, um, like John K, I got married in October on the same day, 15 years ago, that's coming up. And, uh, you know, I, uh. I was resting on my laurels a bit. You know, here's the thing about this disease. We are told in the big book of AA, it is cunning, baffling and powerful. So yay me, I didn't sample the wedding cake. I did this, I didn't do that. But then when I get to Hawaii on my my, um, honeymoon, oh, mud pie is a vegetable. So for those of you who don't know what mud pie is, it is not a vegetable. It is like, it is coffee ice cream. It is chocolate, it is a bunch of stuff. It is a slice of heaven. And you know what? I am not a good sharer with my food. Like if I, you know, if I ever like, oh, hey, Wendy, let's share the fries or let's share the bread, let's share the dessert. You don't want to share with me. I am no fun. I am just going <laughs> to. And, uh, you know, as I spent more time in the program, I started digging a little bit deeper. I, um, you know, I found other programs. I found that the therapist who I was seeing was not a good fit. And I took a long, long break from outside help, really long until um Last year, when I was firmly encouraged by someone who's in my inner circle, um, you got to look at this anxiety thing. I can't just be it for you. You need to really like step it up and uh, and just come in clean. You know, my current sponsor. It was um, January of this year. So okay, so so just to let you know, so that first time that I you know started over, I had thirteen years. I hit my bot mitzvah year, I'm good. Then I got like another three years, and I'm like, oh, I got to start over. And so now my current, currently um, I've had five years, I believe if I'm doing the math right. And you know, it's not perfect, but I have my bottom lines. I have these bottom lines and um, you know, with this outside stuff, I realized, oh, you know, it's such an overused term right now, right? Like in, in this other program, I mean, you hear trigger this, trigger that, trigger this, trigger that. But the deal is for me, if I'm really present, the triggers are going to happen. Life is going to happen. Things are going to be unfair. Life is going to throw the curveballs. But it's how do I choose to, you know, react to it? Am I going to respond or am I going to react? Does everything have to be such a big deal? Um, and the thing is, you know, as I'm learning now, there things the little things are big deals because growing up, I was never told hey, sweetie, you know, what's really going on? I was taught, oh, you're having a feeling? Have a cookie, you know? I wasn't said, hey, it's okay. You're you're really going to make it through. So learning to do that for myself, especially now with both parents gone, and, and I'm sad to say, you know, they, you know, my parents, I wouldn't even say they were elderly. Dad died at 77. Mom died at 82. But all of the health issues, you guys, they were all obesity related and this is why this is a life and death disease right now you know this is life and death i am currently down about 90 pounds from my top weight this is a day at a time this is not to be applauded this is like higher power god whatever you want to call it working in my life and saying you know what you do not want to go down that path because you saw how difficult it was for them you were you know the emotional the physical caregiver although they didn't live with me just the draining. And I don't have children, but I just, you know, I have nieces. I just don't want to put that on another person. And there there is a solution, you know, one of the chapters in the big book, there is a solution. There's a lot of problems. There's so many problems, but there's a solution. And it's spiritual. It's not a diet. It's not a food plan. know sometimes we make very dear friends in here but we also have to remember this is not a social club you know my sponsor directed me to start doing a 10 step again and i found a buddy i was like will you take my 10 step because my sponsor's like i'll take it for a while but you should find a buddy for your 10 step and i'm like okay that's great and once in a while we forget to send it like if we're really tired but we are very consistent i am very consistent with my prayer and meditation in the morning because it's how i start my day i don't you know run and have my coffee and breakfast anymore and immediately start checking the emails I wake up I get on my knees I say a very personal prayer like for what I need for the day please help guide me please help me with my food please help me with my clients help me with my life whatever I really feel I need that day and then you know meditate do my 20 minutes sometimes it's a little less but generally 10 20 minutes and I get on with the day and five minutes left, you know, five minutes left. yeah And I just feel like I'm constantly learning. I heard in another meeting this morning, someone, you know, said, oh, I'm doing this mindfulness app. It's going to chime every hour. And I'm like, that's really cool. I'm going to do that. And I mindfully said, you know what, but don't start it till noon because you don't want your stuff going off while you're, you know, leading this meeting. And um, oh, yeah, I almost said the S word. But I was like, I'm being recorded. Let's try to sound like a lady because, you know, I always hear my mother going, Why do you got to talk like that all the time? You went to Smith College. What are they going to think? Blah, blah, blah. And there is always that little part of me that's like, what are they going to think? Um, So, you know, just kind of of back to being current, right? So, uh, it was shortly after the birthday party this year. I was like, wow, wow, people. You know, I've heard some people call it abstinish or um you know the duck food walks like a duck talks like a duck duck and i had to you know say to my sponsor i said listen the stevia sweetened chocolate some of the times the sugar-free hard candy it is you know it's technically abstinent but it is getting to me she's like okay, okay well you know she didn't say you have to you have to knock it off you da. well what do you want to do what are you gonna do so i said you know what day at a time and she said How about we restart our steps, Wendy? And I'm like, that is a very good idea. You know, I've probably done, I don't know, maybe five, six times all the way through. I've even lost count, but we're redoing it. We're using the OA 12 and 12 workbook, which I always like. And then when I came in, we were just the OA 12. That's how things have moved and stuff. And we're doing it. And when we do our actual step work, we do a Zoom. Otherwise, a weekly call. She knows I can call her as needed. And, you know, part of my disease is thinking you've been here so long. You got this. Don't talk about if you're struggling with the food or with life. But it's like, are you kidding me? And when when friends and people I haven't seen for a while, like I'm struggling, I'm fat, I've put on weight. I don't want my camera on. It's like, oh, my God, we've all been there. We love you. You know, I I was taught in L.O.A. We will, we will love you until you can learn to love yourself. I've slowly, it has taken a long time to get that compassion for myself that has been so graciously shown to me, you know, I don't always feel that same love and compassion that I felt in OA as I do in the other programs, because we are isolators to come to OA, to be visible, to show ourselves like, you know, no matter what size we are, no matter what state we're in, that is a big deal you know, and we know how painful this disease is, you know, it's physical, it's emotional, it's spiritual. We like to just hide out and isolate. So the fact that we're all here and, you know, I I have it pinned on my friend right now, so I don't feel as nervous, but I'm going to look at the gallery and I know that the love is in here. And if you're not on camera, this isn't to say I'm dissing you because I've had meetings where I've been off camera and sometimes we have to be, but when we're on camera, we can just feel that, that love, which is higher power. And, you know, the person, you know, who my, uh, my early sponsee who called her higher power, I think it was Peggy, I don't know if she still does. That was so wonderful. I used to tell that story because it was like, wow, you know, it could be anything. It is the ocean. For me, it's in nature. You know, I had a sponsor once who's like, what does your higher power look like? And even though I knew she was a dog person, I said, you know, it kind of looks like my cats. And we just laughed about it. And then she got me like this little cat tin, which was very sweet. So um, I'm probably reaching towards the end here, but, I guess I just really want to say, you know, this program has changed my life. It has saved my life. Um, I still take service commitments, sometimes grudgingly, but um, you know what? I do it. I show up for my recovery. I show up for the, the others because this is how we do it. It's important. We don't do this thing perfectly. You know, there's been a lot of talk, especially in my area. I'm now in Ventura County, but in San Fernando Valley, you know, sober eating, and that's great. But Overeaters Anonymous doesn't talk about sober eating. We, we find a food plan that works for us. So whatever works for you is great. There is not one way to work this program, but my way is working the steps. And sometimes that's quickly, sometimes that's slowly. But when I forget it's a spiritual program, and I think it's a me program and not a wee program, You know, I'm headed for, for trouble. So. Um, I think, uh, Kelly, what do I have here? I'm going to put it on the gallery view. Do I have like a minute or something? 36 seconds. Wow. That is incredible. Okay, cool. So, um, yeah, I'm a fast talker, but hopefully I have shared something of value. If not, I'm sure you're going to hear something awesome of value, uh, in the the sharing today. So thank you. And I will pass my show. Thank you.